0: Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition. His name is Zach Lyons. My name is Braden Gall. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Zach finally got his wish. It finally happened. It might have been a foregone conclusion in his mind. It was a foregone conclusion. It was
1: a foregone It should have been a foregone conclusion in everybody's (laughs) mind. If you think Mike Vrabel is a competent, elite football mind. Which I think... It's just my mind. I mean, that's just the way it is.
0: Yes. And I would argue that most of you listeners who jump into the comments, rate, review, subscribe to the shows, listen to F-Words Pod. Of course, listen to all the other great stuff from across the 440 Sports Network as well. I think most of you all, because you listen to our shows, I would like to think are with us in being rational and intelligent football fans who believe that Mike Vrabel is pretty stinking good at his job. Has made a bunch of staff changes since our last show on Monday. Of course, I know you guys talked about it on the Football and Other Efforts pod with Mike Herndon. But we're going to dive into a little bit more of that conversation. Who do we want to see? What philosophies do we want to see more importantly? Because I think the, right now the candidates are all out there in the, in the, in the ether. And nobody really knows what's, who's being interviewed yet. And we'll get some of that information. We'll give you guys a big board update on the general manager. I know your number one top choice, Zach. The girl you wanted to go to the dance with all along. He's now off the board.
1: I, I, I figured he would be. I mean, he was the best hire, but obviously, and we said it on the podcast, I said it in tweets, and I try to warn people, don't get your <laughs> expectations too high, because he's probably, by the the reaction by Reddit, the reaction is, they're going to do everything in their power to keep Adam Peters in San Francisco.
0: Well, and as as all good, rational human beings, we should take all of our advice from Reddit. Tim Dodge chiming in. How dare you assume that he is rational? You're right, Tim. You're an Auburn fan. Of course you're not rational. You decided to be an Auburn fan. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, uh, so we probably th- went
1: to a game and saw the Eagle fly down during the national anthem. He's like, oh, this is cool. I gotta be an Auburn
0: fan. <laughs> the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs are dominant national champions. We got the NFL playoffs coming up. And of course, I got some way too early, never too early top 25 sort of SEC power rankings for you folks out there. I don't know. Uh, this, so.
1: You say it's never too early, but I also feel like this never too is doing early. a mock draft right after the draft.
0: <laughs> well, so, but here's the beauty of college football is because so much shit's going to change. <laughs> like, I can look at the rosters right now. Tim graduated from Auburn. What does that mean? Uh, like, was that even count? Like, if you graduate from Auburn? Tim, I don't know why we're picking on you. We love you, Tim. Um, I Listen, I, there's so much that will change. In college rosters, in who's going to be good or bad, coaching changes, transfer portal, recruiting—all this stuff—it's not going to change who's number one. But you can kind of do a power ranking of college football teams, like almost every other month, and it might change. Like that—that's what's really fun about uh, what's fun about college football. So we'll t- we'll take a way too early look a little bit later on. It's at the very end of the show. Okay, hey, it's let me ask you—non-offensive,
1: uh, college ex-football expert. What the fuck is CJ Stroud and Quentin Johnston waiting on?
0: That's a great question. I don't I don't I couldn't tell you.
1: What if CJ Stroud didn't come out? Wouldn't no that way. be the stupidest move that he could make unless that NIL NIL money is worth what he's going to lose from cuz there's no way he's going to be better than Drake May and Caleb Williams, right? Next year?
0: I mean that he's probably on par with those guys, but like right, he could be third and take him it's like 6th overall. Yeah, instead of Now I've seen I him just on find some...
1: it so odd that he hasn't done it yet.
0: I, I don't think there's anything to that yet. Like the deadline's not for a little while. I would assume.
1: Sounds like he's running from the grind. He knows that he's not going to be a good NFL quarterback, and he wants the
0: NIL money. So he's an eight to four guy. He's an eight to four guy. He's, he's a blister, yeah. not a callus, not a callus. That's what, that's what he is. Uh, I'll remind you of that that commentary when they draft him. <laughs> they trade up to number three and they draft him or whatever right behind the Texans. Uh, I'll just uh,
1: remind everybody that it that means it's going to be a failure, <laughs> and uh, it will definitely not work. Because, you know, Ohio State football quarterbacks just are not good in the NFL.
0: So we've got uh, a lot of stuff to get to. GM big board update, offensive philosophy conversation, NFL playoffs are here. We know the AFC championship game could be played in Atlanta should that happen. Buffalo, of course, and or Cincinnati versus Kansas City. Um, that's going to be played in Atlanta. I volunteered Nashville. I thought Nashville was a great, a great spot for that. To I be. don't want to hear. You don't want to hear? You don't want an AFC championship game here? At what point
1: Titans are going to be like? I care where it's at. I don't know. And then it's just going to clog up everything. It could be a disaster. I'm selfish. Nashville's Zach. Infrastructure cannot handle last minute events.
0: Man, this this giant thunderstorm that's about to roll through Nashville is, like really changing my lighting in the room right now. Yeah, it, um, is, it is dark. It's going to be bad. So if we experience any technical difficulties, it's not our fault. It's God's fault. Blame him. Uh, okay. So before we get into any of that, of course. Football shows brought to you by who, Zach? Tell everybody who the football shows brought to you. A football show
1: and just throwing it to me without yeah, come on, Come on, the Kingston group, buildkg.com, and of course, the pharmacy. Uh, Braden says there's a dry January thing going on, and I just want to let you all know that I think dry January is stupid. The premise is stupid. You, you can get healthy, you can get fit without depriving yourself the joy of a big, juicy bayou burger, mm. deprive you of the joy. You can still get your abs and without a <laughs> cold stein of beer from Pharmacy Burger. You want tater tots? Well, guess what? Just do some crunches and then go get you some fucking tater tots, also with the best mustard in Nashville.
0: I would like everyone to know that not only did I just toss that ad read to Zach with no preparation, but I'm pretty sure he found out about Dry January about six minutes ago yep. when I told him about this stupid Dry January thing that's happening, which again, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand dry any month because again, let's be fair. We want you to go eat at pharmacy as much as possible, but is it reasonable to go to eat at any restaurant every day of the week? No, it's not reasonable to ask anyone to do that. But, once a week to go to pharmacy to get yourself a big old juicy burger and a tall beer and some tots or a brat or whatever, like that's, that's called moderation, Zach. If that's going to, if that's going to, that one meal is going to wreck your body. You got bigger concerns, right? Exactly. You need to go see a doctor. <laughs> if, if after four hours you need another four pharmacy burger, go, go, go talk to your doctor about that. Uh, so check out pharmacy, of course, East Nashville, McFerrin Avenue, um there you have it they got really cool gear actually if you like the purple and green stuff uh, they got really good they got got good colors they got good swag over there um great ambiance great atmosphere great uh, they got the soda rail they got the the milkshake bar and everything it's great for kids so um it's 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 a great place to go eat and it won't destroy your diet once a week it's totally fine so go check it out kingston group of course as you mentioned buildkg.com is a website don't make any big decisions about your house before you talk to the kingston group I got some friends who are like doing an entire kitchen renovation and some bathroom renovations. And they're like, who should I call? And I'm like, duh, freaking Kingston Group. Go talk to them. They'll give you a great lineup of what to expect. If, if, if it works out, they'll, they'll hit every single mark. They'll hit, the, they'll hit the budget. They'll do exactly as they promised. They've got an in-house design team. They're award-winning. They're locally owned. And if it doesn't work out, then they're going to steer you in the right direction to help you make better decisions about your house. So They're going to help you no matter what, whether you whether they get your business or not. So go check them out. Buildkg.com is the website, pharmacy and kingston group two locally owned sponsors of a football show. Um, Zach, do you want to tease anything? Tease no. like make sure you follow Zach on how yeah, about this? Just follow follow me on Zach on Twitter. on Twitter.
1: I know I was gonna have said on Monday I was gonna make a big announcement on the show, but I've decided to do something a little bit different with my announcement. Just turn on my not- notifications for at efforts pod. And you're going to get an announcement later this afternoon, and you'll get another uh, piece of information,
0: important piece of information tomorrow. There you go. And uh, we've got some stuff coming from. Is there anything else well. you're going
1: to surprisingly spring up on me?
0: No, I w- I didn't okay. tell you to d- I was just going to say <laughs> turn on his notifications because not only does he deliver awesome capology and defensive back coach breakdowns and DVOA passing it- metrics and just awesome stuff. That on the was account. the
1: one I was forgetting off that that tweet was DVOA. <laughs> DVOA, <I was> like, <laughs> <I'm> forgetting one. <laughs> And I switched to PFF grade because I couldn't remember what it was.
0: <laughs> so, so you get great stuff anyway, but, you know, maybe some extra stuff coming this week on the F-Words Pod Twitter account, of course, and at 440 Sports, please turn that on as well. We'll get to the show here momentarily. We're only 10 minutes in. Okay. Uh, offensive philosophy. And I know you guys talked about some candidates on uh, football and other F-Words, uh, but I'd just like you to sort of sort of concisely p- to explain to our listeners some of the philosophical things that, that you believe in that this Titans offense should evolve into that Todd Downing did not deliver or, you know, whatever previous personnel did not deliver. What is it that you want this offense to do specifically so that it, it is a modernized 2023 NFL offense
1: to put it succinctly, just hire a good offensive coordinator. (laughs) Because really the there's nothing wrong with the scheme and the philosophy technically that they have been trying to employ under Todd Downey because it's the same scheme and philosophy for, to its core as Sean Bay, as Kyle Shanahan, as Arthur Smith. It just was ran piss poorly by a guy who's not really who's not really from that tree, who's not really from that school of thought. And he's obviously is not uh, capable of running the, the scheme and getting it employed and all that, because his team is built around this scheme. Now you can make the argument in my CAS that, well, you're redoing the offensive line anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Maybe NPF is benefits in his second year in more of a gap approach, uh run style offense. But here's the thing to me is that, it doesn't have to go away from a run first philosophy because if you really look at it, San Francisco is a run first philosophy. For sure. And the pro the difference is, is that they have playmakers and that are fast and physical. And that's what Mike Vrabel wants, and that's what Mike Vrabel will get.
0: So I'm I'm curious what you value in terms of like what a, a candidate brings to the table. Because right now, like we're gonna know when the Titans get a chance to interview these guys, you have to put under, put in a request to interview somebody and we kind of find out. So like, there's no real actual candidate list. That's genuinely like honestly out there. No one's reported. So-and-so is interested in the job or so-and-so is going to be interviewed. Like that hasn't been reported yet. So basically we're kind of speculating on which candidates we might like, for example, which is totally fine. We can do that, but I'm more interested in sort of what are the things that we value if we're trying to make the team better. And, I, I'm curious to get your perspective on this. Do you value the schematic design versus the innate ability to to call the right thing at the right time? Ideally, you find a person that does both. But right, it, most
1: if- most offensive coordinators can do both. Todd Downing just didn't either. Um, <laughs> I, I would think that you you need you need someone maybe less of a fill for the game, depending on. Mike Vrabel's, I guess, power. I guess it's hard for me to say because we've heard that Mike Vrabel has basic, essentially said, "Well, I'm the last guy that approves the play." So I, I guess it is. It's not really do they have a feel for when they should run, when they should pass, when blah blah blah. It's the the actual play that they call is more important than the sequencing. I guess you say. Now Todd Downey just was flat out bad. Now but genuinely most guys that you're going to hire are going to come from a school of thought that they are able to do both. And there's a lot of prime candidates out there that do both. I don't, I don't think you're looking at a situation uh, where right now. Okay. So there is, I believe, um, four teams that are in need of offensive coordinators that have, and three of those teams have had coaches in place. And that's the jets, the Titans, and, um, uh, the commanders, right? Well, the Jets just fired Michael lafleur And because they said they're disappointed in how he's, you know, developed um Zach Wilson. Well, you know, just don't draft Zach Wilson. That I was going to say, isn't that more of a, a that feels yeah. like
0: some of somewhat of a that's scapegoat scape- firing. That's
1: scapegoating right yeah. there. And now Jets fans, they don't, they, they think that Michael lafleur is the problem because again, they think that the offensive coordinator is responsible for, solely responsible for the, uh, progress a rookie quarterback can make well yes and no i don't i, I kind of differ on that than most people i think i don't I, I i side that it's about the quarterback coming in early putting in the work being with the quarterback coach and then running the play and making sure the offensive coordinators to make sure that he has plays designed where zach wilson can succeed he did that part he did that part for zach wilson so yeah lot, or, i'll say this Michael LaFleur, when it was announced that he was leaving, is because that he got a lot of interest from other teams. Well, unless a lot of playoff teams are going to be firing their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Then the only ones with head coaches are Mike Vrabel and Ron Rivera. Yeah. So you got to think that these are the guy, the teams. There are among the teams that have contacted the Jets. And Michael LaFleur makes sense for this Tennessee Titans team.
0: Sure. So let me let me give you an example of somebody that I think would be elite at one. And I'm not sure about the other. So I talked to a lot of coordinators in college football when Mike Leach passed away about trying to learn who is given the credit amongst coaches, who is given the credit for taking the air raid offense and evolving it into the NFL version, right? Which involves balance, power rushing, you know, the stuff that truly Lincoln Riley is doing at USC right now. And it's all the stuff that is, is, is extremely popular in the NFL, which is the spread air raid elements but mixed with sort of the traditional running attack that you kind of have to have situationally, whether it's bad weather, whether it's short yardage, whether it's goal line, whatever. Like you can't, part of the reason Leach couldn't ever get his system to be perfect was that he just refused to evolve. And the number one name that came up across almost everybody I I spoke with, that who gets credit for evolving it is Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury gets credit from most of the coaches that I talked to about saying, all right, here's Leach's great, philosophies how do we make it more like normal football <laughs> how do we make it more a thing that we can implement more routinely on the higher levels and so i think kingsbury could come in and if i'm nick saban and an alabama fan i as you've already said like pay that man as much money as possible to come be the next offensive coordinator to me there's no question about his design there's no question about the the creation of the scheme and the, the implementation of the scheme I'm not a hundred percent sold on him knowing exactly when to deploy those plays, but that, that is a philosophy that I think would be extremely valuable as at least that half of the equation.
1: I think if he's solely a play caller, you would see an uptick in what he's able to do. You get what I'm saying? Because when you're head coach and play caller, I don't think that's his forte. I think that's, that's something he cannot do, but if he's solely an offensive coordinator, and then the Mike Vrabel's handling everything else. I think you're going to be all right. How many I, How many head uh,
0: coaches are play callers in the NFL? Uh,
1: I, he you're, as, you're asking, and I would just be guessing, like five or six.
0: There's probably. only one. So there's only one that's one, like the last guy who did it in college to win a national title was Jimbo Fisher, and that was almost that was a decade ago. Yeah. So I think to your point, you trim the sales a little bit on the job description, and you it's have easier to be to an
1: elite head coach to be able to do both. Right. And he, he is not an elite head coach um and and that's just what it is It has nothing to do with him being a coordinator. there are elite right. coordinators that cannot be a head coach. I don't have faith in Dan Quinn round two that could possibly <laughs> happen but Dan Quinn is an elite defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer was an elite defensive coordinator that was a shitty head coach on the flip side was um a nor Turner elite offensive coordinator horrible head coach to me, it's okay. Now, bringing in Cliff Kingsbury is changing everything. It is an extreme, drastic change from anything the Tennessee Titans have seen, and I don't know if you have the personnel to handle that. And that is the problem with going to the extreme. That's like Sean McVay. The Shanahan system's kind of in the middle, right? It's it's like it's got the best of that passing. It's got the best of running, but it's right in the middle. And if you're going to go to Cliff Kingsbury, you're going like way down w- away from what is what is possible by this team.
0: So let me let's go down that path then. H- how important is it for this person whoever it is decided cuz you got a new GM coming in. We don't know the future of the quarterback situation. It is not necessarily Ryan Tannehill long term. It might be Ryan Tannehill for a year or two, but like how important is it for someone like How important is it for it to be exactly the way it is or close to the way it is or just a step away from like I could I would argue that I would be okay with it being an out and left field type of hire that does come in to try to completely change some things. I can also argue it's good to be like, you know, a known commodity that makes the adjustments a little easier. And like Joe Brady is a fascinating name to me because I think he can do both things very well. And I don't think his offenses are all that. I don't
1: I don't get this Joe Brady hype. uh I mean, he sucked at Carolina, and I know he was good in college, but college is just entirely different than NFL.
0: No, it is, but I just mean – I I don't necessarily mean he's the guy I want. I just mean schematically he's not as big a swing as Cliff Kingsbury.
1: Yeah, yeah, not a big swing in philosophy. You know, the the idea that people have is that
0: they're they're too
1: run-dependent. Like I said, they're not more run-dependent than the exciting team of San Francisco or what the Rams technically – well, the Rams a couple of years ago were a little bit more. There's a lot of running teams that pass really well and have creative play designs. I mean, you look at Detroit, you look at uh, Green Bay. Yeah, you know, you look at these teams. It's it's all about your personnel. The the so if you go to Cliff Kingsbury, go to this extreme. What faith do you have that Ryan Tannehill can execute that?
0: Like, well, and, and that's my question: is how much should Ryan? How much should the personnel? dictate I think the, the GM decision.
1: dictates the most. And I think that if you're bringing in, let's say Rand Carthen or Ian Cunningham, you're going to see something a little bit kind of like what we've already been seeing, but more Arthur Smith esque I guess I just say, because let I me mean, just Todd Downing, essentially what this team has done over the last year and a half to two years is basically shift from, we have all these pass catchers and we can pr- move the ball through the air to, Well, shit, our best players are Derrick Henry, and that's all we got. And it's not that Derrick Henry, at this point, if you're going to bring in, and if speed is the focus, right, if speed is the focus, speed and physicality, and you're bringing in Rand Carth under the 49ers and, let's say, Mike LaFleur of the the Jets, then Derrick Henry's got to go. I I see very little opportunity for Derrick Henry on this team anyway, but if you need speed, you need someone like Raheem Mostert, like uh, Elijah Mitchell, Matt Breida, uh, um, Christian McCaffrey. These guys that are fast. That, but also Jeff Wilson is another one. But also can make people get punished for trying to tackle them. Derrick Henry's just not fast anymore.
0: No, and I agree with that. Well, or at least it takes a while to get. And if there. you
1: go to Cliff Kingsbury, goodbye, Derrick Henry, because what good well, is he?
0: And that, thats sort of what my question is: is how, how like, it feels like there's so many d- big decisions coming, which we all know what they are, about players in particular. That, and, and again, I think Jason says this: the scheme has to evolve out of a run t- dependency. There's no point in getting faster if they're not going to be designed for speed, which is what you just said. So, I, what I find interesting is, like, there's so many moving parts here that I find it almost impossible to pin down a specific direction that they want to go unless it is almost exclusively Mike Vrabel's view of the future. And, and to me, I don't know how that includes like any of this stuff. I don't know how it includes Derrick Henry. I don't know how it includes Ryan Tannehill. I don't know how you pick a guy, put him in place, and then have a general manager draft players for that system, although the, the job of the coaches is to fit the system around the players. I, I just, I, I find this, like, there has to be some order of operations here. What well, is it?
1: Get your GM. You and your GM decide what you're doing with Tannehill and Derrick Henry. You don't have to let anybody know at this point. You don't have to make cuts. And then once you decide there, then you hire your offensive coordinator. And then once you hire your offensive coordinator, you hire your offensive line coach. That is the order of how you have to do things in the particular situation that they're in because this is the situation that they have found themselves in.
0: And in theory, couldn't that happen? Let's say, again, they're going to interview – uh, what Ian Cunningham over the weekend, Rand Carth. They, over the they week-
1: have starting today, they have, uh, five interviews lined up for GM.
0: So, which is Car- Rand Carth Quentin Harris, Ian Cunningham, um uh, Ryan Cowden, and money. Austin Ford. Yeah. The ins- inside guys, which I, I, guess that counts, but whatever. Well, th-
1: those, those are the five they have scheduled for today. So, so I think two today, Rand carthen on Friday, Ian Cunningham and Quentin Harris on Saturday. Gotcha. And, and let me say this, they have interviewed Rand Carthen Ian Cunningham and Quentin Harris previously at a mixer and all three of these guys were at both in may at, a, at a, i guess a mixer is probably the wrong word so the owners meet there were two <laughs> owners meetings in may and december and i've said on the show a couple weeks ago in the early december i said amy after she fired j-rob there was specifically one owners meeting for a couple of days and minority candidates were going to be there and she was going to get a head start on everything and sure enough what did the reports say Connecting the dots, boom. Yeah. She's talked to everybody, one of these guys, for a couple of days now. Even before having these official interviews, so uh, this is almost like second round for Rand, and Ian Cunningham, and Quentin Harris.
0: And then, the, of course, there's going to be another round when they get it down to probably two or three finalists. Or Possibly, whatever, so.
1: I mean, do they? I mean, it's only five. Do you have to have a second round?
0: Well, Unless it's really no, close I mean,
1: between two people.
0: Maybe you're right. I would assume that you'd probably want a double interview, a second a second round. Uh, they also got rid of, of course, Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, Anthony Midget, the defensive backs coach, and Eric Frazier, who's a, uh, on the staff as well. So they made four coaching changes. Um, and I thought it was interesting. So I, I guess to finish up the order of operations, because we're going to get to some GM stuff here in a second, but I, couldn't you do all of this? Let's say they do the interview Friday, Saturday, whatever they do, the second interview next week between the two guys on, I'm making this up, Tuesday. And and they decide between the two. They offer the job, and the job is accepted. So let's say late next week, hypothetically, is it really out of the out of the question that Mike Vrabel and new GM X Y Z have already started having or made a decision about the quarterback situation?
1: Well, I'm sure it's all involved in in the in the discussions. You know, you're, you're a GM. You don't br- you you what happens in your GM interview? For those who may not know, you bring in your plan. And here's what I would do. And then they ask you questions about your plan. Then they ask you questions about the players. And I'm sure Vrabel quizzes them. I'm sure Amy Adams drunk quizzes them on different things that they are wanting to have. And, but they, the GM that's coming in pretty much has probably an 80% good idea of what he's going to do with Ryan Tannehill and some of these players. Right. I mean, you, you sure yeah. you got to come in and meet them, but you, you have a good idea. And there's a report that just came out on Ian, by Ian Rappaport saying Jets owner Woody Johnson is willing to spin for a veteran quarterback. There you go. I mean, we've been talking about Tannehill's fit for the Jets and how much better he would have made that team if he was over there. Now, Michael lafleur is gone. So what system are they going to use?
0: Well, it's funny. I was talking to a Jets guy who works at ESPN and I was like, I was like, don't be shocked if the Jets come after Ryan Tannehill. And he was like, what are you talking about? He's not better. And I was like, Ryan Tannehill is significantly better than anything you had this year. Don't don't worry about it. Like, it, it, I just don't think people watch a lot of Titans games outside of, <laughs> outside of Nashville. Sometimes, um, so it seems like I, I'm with you on the order of operations. What did you make of the uh, of, of the other names on the the coaching staff that were moved? I found Keith Carter to be fascinating because, by and large, for what while there was some initial friction. By the end of his first few seasons, almost every player had gotten better and was playing their best football under Keith Carter. That certainly was not the case this year. And then of course Taylor Lewan was LaJuan, it really the
1: case last year either.
0: And and LaJuan has the comments about how practice on the offensive line was so much harder and they didn't really nah, take it easy on us. Wuss. Well, and, and I'm just it's spare
1: it, spare me this Taylor Lewan bullshit. You know, do you hear what he said about being he wanted he thinks it's you know it's good to be patted on the back, you know, when you get when you mess up on a play. Well, He's like sometimes that. it's yeah that's what he says. sometimes it's better um you know to, for for guys if you pat them on the back after a bad play listen if you have to pat someone on the back after a bad play they're they're not cut out for fucking football like give me a break get out of here
0: well that may, so while and while I think I agree with you in general I also think there's lots of different ways to motivate. I mean, the reason TCU is in the national championship game is because he's not a huge asshole like Gary Patterson. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think there's many different. And you're a big leadership guy, so there's lots of different ways to get the most out of somebody. That's why we Taylor
1: Luns not a leader.
0: We all respond differently to different styles of leadership and different methodologies of of motivation and, and everything. So I don't I don't really care about any of that stuff. But if he if what he said about practice is true, which is that the offensive line practices were extremely difficult and it was too hard to recover from whatever injury like that that could absolutely be an indicator of why there's been so many injuries in that in in one group at least I I just don't I mean the the secondary didn't exactly Christian Fulton got worse they were the two
1: worst units on the team yeah and they've been pretty bad for the last two years they were the most penalized units on the team one and two and they were the one and two position units that had the worst technique week in and week out so you just get fired when you're, when you suck. At job. <laughs> like, I just what it is. I mean, they, they sucked at their job. Like I was a little shocked that so Keith Carter was gone, but at the end of the day, I understand it. It's kind of like John Robinson. I, I was shocked but yeah. I understand it. Right. Anthony midget. I'm not shocked at all. That guy has got to go. And the guy that they're looking at to interview first, if that's a sign of things to come, that they're going to go after, um, basically some of the best defensive back coaches in the league and offer them just the passing game coordinator title. So it's legal because you can't make a lateral move. You can only make a promotion. So that makes it a promotion. Then fuck. Yeah. I mean, do it like, like that. That's to me is, is the way that they have not been attacking the staff in in enough ways and getting creative and trying to lure people away
0: well, on a scale of like, uh, like, quarter chub to like fully aroused what are the three offensive coordinator names that would make you just fully aroused like if, if okay, all so- of a sudden like you you know that these are the three finalists and they're interviewing all three of them and you're just ecstatic about any of them who, who are the names that you I, want to I, see
1: these are the three finalists that I, I love the most or that could potentially be here i like eric b i like um thomas brown who's getting an interviewing head coaching job from the Texans uh, coming up. Yeah. And um, I would say that I would probably, I think I would sp- still put Michael LeFleur there. I think Cleef Kingsbury is kind of like three and four, somewhere around there. I just, I got to see what the GM does, but I'm okay with anybody from like San Francisco. I- I'm okay with keeping the same system. I know people are not, excited about the system and all this stuff, but the system works. We see it work and we see it look exciting. We've seen it look exciting here. They just got to get the players that can execute and get a play caller in that can teach it, install it and run it.
0: It's also, it's also easiest to stay competitive by not taking a drastic swing at all of this, especially if the next two years, you could call transitionary years where you're transitioning away from Henry Away from Lawan, away from Tannehill, away from a lot of major pieces that this offense has been built around for a long time. I wonder about the enemy stuff because there's like a reason. Like I'm, I'm with everybody who says, listen, this guy should have had a job a long time ago. He's obviously very talented. He's learned at the feet of the maybe the best offensive mind of our era. But there actually has, to, there's got to be something about why he's not been getting, hasn't gotten a job. I, I, it just seems awfully odd. No, you're not hiring him for head coach. You're hiring him for offensive corner. No, I know. And that's, and maybe that's all, maybe that's all you need. Um, Don't
1: overthink it. I I tell people, you know, the the most logical conclusion or the most logical reason is the most logical conclusion. And so don't overthink it. You're who cares if he didn't get hired as head coach, he's an offensive coordinator, hire him as offensive coordinator.
0: Uh, Bill O'Brien would not excite me. Not at no, all. No, I, Bill, Bill O'Brien and Tim Kelly
1: would not excite me, but if I had to choose between the two, I'm choosing Bill O'Brien. I do not, I'm out, on, out Tim on Tim Kelly. Kelly yeah. I'm out on Tim Kelly. I mean, they didn't give, they could, they had plenty of time to fire Todd Downing and promote Tim Kelly. They didn't. And at that point, I'm just good.
0: So you're, and you're pro michael Fleur. You, you think that's,
1: yeah, I, I think that this whole situation in the Jets and the, and the is Woody Johnson driven, it's yeah. ownership driven. And, because they're even talking about firing the um, quarterback coach as well because Woody Johnson got saddled with the, or wanted the shittiest fucking quarterback in that draft. Pep Hamilton. Nah, I'm
0: out. Okay. Uh who's the guy from uh is it Godsey from Baltimore? Uh yeah, I'm I'm good. That knew that knows very Like there's always like an there's always a couple uh, Getzy, names on these I think his name. I yeah, mean yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. Um learning on Greg Roman. I mean I just, you know, at this point, it's, I think that you're – I think like Zach Robinson from the Rams would be another one. Um, there, there's, there's, there's position coaches at other places that you really don't know what they're going to bring to the table. Uh, Mike brought up the offensive line coach for the Bears, the quarterback coach of the Eagles. You know, stuff like that is, is where I would get more excited than some retread hire. To me, yeah. it's like spot number three is someone new that we just didn't know was going to be yep. on the table.
0: Yep, and that's that's the direction I like for both GM and for for offensive coordinators. Well, that's what
1: GM's trending to. I mean, yeah. GM is trending. I mean, right. lo- like I said, look at the names, okay? I know we got Ryan Cowden, Monty Fort. That's just probably doing them a like, little bit of good PR, maybe get some other teams calling them and all that kind of stuff. Then the next one, then you have on Friday, you have Rand Carthen of the San Francisco 49ers. Big, big approval from me on that one. Ian Cunningham on Saturday. Super excited for Ian Cunningham. I think he's my number one choice now that Adam Peters is gone. And then you got on the uh after that, you have um
0: Malik Boyd, right?
1: No, um Austin Quentin Harris. Quentin
0: Harris, okay, VP and, of player personnel for Arizona.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh I'm out on him. You you out we, on him. No, You
0: were we, very high on him uh, on Monday.
1: I just I just said his name. I, I, I thought that. He was going to be good, but the more research had done, because it was just announced while we we're on air. Right, right. So my initial reaction is knowing that Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris were both highly thought of for their their position, the vacant position at the Cardinals. You go and dive down and hear what fans say and everything like that. They are tired, sick and tired of hiring from within. And, and Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson have only learned under Steve Kime. That's not good. Mm. Get, get you a guy that knows a bunch, that has worked under a bunch of different people.
0: Okay. And, and, and I agree with both you and Mike on her football and other efforts saying, I want people that have experience scouting on both sides of the coin college and pro experience managing an entire department. Like you want analytics and a little bit of eye test too. You kind of want somebody that's versatile that can, that has experience doing it all. Um, so of these names, you said Ian Cunningham is the name of the assistant general manager for the Chicago bears is at the top of your list. Um, do we need to, are, are we moving on now to the big board update? And, and should I tell everybody about our wonderful and amazing sponsors at this point? Or are we ready yeah. to move on?
1: I'm just saying Ian Cunningham, Rand Carthen, and then Glenn cook of the Cleveland Browns are the choices that I want. And, and Malik Boyd as well. But those, those four, those are who you want if you're the Tennessee Titans kick everybody else to the curb.
0: So Boyd senior director, pro personnel for Buffalo. We we've talked a lot about Carthon, Uh, Glenn Cook, assistant GM VP of player personnel for Cleveland. And it sounds like Ian Cunningham is your number one choice right yeah. now. So they'll be talking to these guys over the course of the next few days. And then of course, we'll probably get another round of maybe two names, maybe three names, or maybe they don't tell us at all because they don't want us to know like exactly who the two finalists are or whatever. It does feel like, that, that all the internal candidates are out <laughs> that all should for, be. for every job, for all the job, for the coaching jobs, for the GM job that they're going to go try to bring in some fresh, fresh eyes to look at this thing from a fresh perspective. And I do think that's the right strategy. Yes. So there you go. Look at that. We agree. Look at yeah. that on a football show. Um, all right. That's it for the GM and the offense and the coordinators. I think we're good on that. We're going to playoffs here. You want to talk some playoffs? Okay. Yeah. So before we get into this real fast reminder, Kingston group pharmacy, two great, two great, amazing local sponsors. Make sure you check them out, buildkg.com And of course the pharmacy over there and on McFerrin Avenue, in East Asheville. they also have a location downtown, but if you're looking for a burger or a home renovation company, two, two things that obviously go hand in hand, <laughs> make sure, make sure you check out the Kingston group and make sure you check out the pharmacy. Um, I, I have, I have a couple of games that I really am interested in, and I have a chance. Is it weird for me to think that this could be one of the most boring wildcard weekends? Like, I just feel like there's so many blowout potential here.
1: Yeah, the, I, I think the only true underdogs that could possibly win the game, it, or, 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 I guess the favorites that could possibly lose the game, is really the Vikings. And I mean, there, they're, there's a good chance that they're going to lose. And I think the Chargers could upset the Jaguars.
0: Well, Chargers are two point favorite. Um, last time I checked, and Dallas is a two and a half point favorite. They could lose. They can't ever win a playoff game. Yeah. So there's like it's what it seems like is that there's like three good ones, and then I don't know. I don't see any chance that Buffalo, Cincinnati, or San Francisco get beat in this. And I, I think that it kind of makes for a bummer of a first weekend. So um, I do like the Chargers Jags game on a Saturday night. Here's a stat for you because I know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this every single time we do a show because I know you hate Trevor Lawrence so much with the passion. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a football game in his entire life, high school, college, or pro on a Saturday night, on a Saturday. It's never happened. He never lost a college game on Saturday. He never lost a high school game on Saturday. Not sure how many he played. And he's never lost an NFL game on Saturday. I find that to be fascinating. (laughs)
1: it's 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 quite possibly the most fascinating meaningless stat i've ever heard
0: hey he he won a division championship on a saturday last week he won he won a bunch of college games on saturdays uh i think the only loss he had was on a monday night i think against joe burrow um so their play on saturday night i just find those two teams to be potentially the hottest teams in going in as non like the non-elite teams right like the non-favorites i think the winner of that jacksonville and Chargers game could be very dangerous down the road. I don't know. That's all. They'll play at Kansas City, of course.
1: And they'll both lose after the in the second round. It's just
0: Well, who's this year's All right, who's this year's Cincinnati in your mind?
1: I don't think there is a Cincinnati. That's a fluke run. That that happens like every 5 or 6 or 7 years. I mean, it's the last Cincinnati was the New York Giants.
0: No, it's... we've had a bunch of wild card teams win Super Bowls since okay, the who? Giants. Well, the Packers won it in 10. You had the Steelers win it. You had the Giants. were. I think we're was the o- Packers. Giants was 07. Oh, you're saying the. the oh, yeah. So 07 and 11. Yeah. OK. I just think that wild cards make deeper run. I mean,
1: make deep runs. Know. But if you're asking who's the Bengals, the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. There's nobody that's making it to the Super Bowl out of this out of this group. It's okay. the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. That's my Super Bowl pick. And I'm
0: rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. God, wouldn't that be a hell of a story? It's like Nick Foles all over again. game. Well, Jimmy G
1: could be back at any moment.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, either way, that's still technically Nick Foles, <laughs> right? I mean, their roster is the best. They're the, I mean, I put money on the Niners to win the Super Bowl back in like August, and it's like they're the best, they're the best team. Oh, yeah. They're, they're the best team. They just may not have the, the quarterback to do it if, if and when that happens. Uh, Tom Brady in Dallas, who do you like?
1: Uh, I think I'm just going to go Dallas.
0: I like that. I like that. I'm with you on Minnesota getting upset. I can't believe how good a job Brian Dayball has done. Uh, is anybody, you, you said Chiefs oh, over well, Bills? I will
1: say this. Maybe, maybe the Eagles or Cowboys who are wild cards could, could be this year's Bengals. The Eagles are sorry, Giants and Cowboys. Giants and Cowboys could be this year's Bengals.
0: Okay. Okay. The Cowboys have the talent, but they don't have a coach that can do it. Uh, hey, you I won the
1: Super Bowl with uh, I know. Oh, a one year Packers Super Bowl. Yeah, that you know. just brought up a few minutes ago, talking about it.
0: Eh, uh, Mike McCarthy will do something to screw it up. Um, I, I, I'm I'm going Buffalo over the Niners because no okay. one's beating no one's beating Buffalo, unfortunately. The Chiefs I, probably will. I just can't. Famous last words. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. I guess that's our entire NFL playoff preview. Are you just not that? Ex- are you just not that fired up for it? Or what's the deal?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's just the wild card weekend's just not where it's at, and I. I the wild card weekend can be fun. Like, you know, you're going to get your Nickelodeon games, which would be pretty cool. And all, you know, those, those are always great, but there's just a bunch of teams that I just know. It just feels very predictable this year. This, like I this, think the NFC is less predictable than AFC. The AFC is going to be the bills and the chiefs. And there you go. I like, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Maybe the Bengals can do something. Cause if they get the, the chiefs, you know the Chiefs ha- kind of have a bugaboo about them with the Bengals, but other than that, I, I think it's gonna be Bills and Chiefs. In the Eagles team, I just don't know. I just, I just believe so much in San Francisco. Like, yeah, I am, I am a San Francisco fan. I have been since the losing streak. <laughs> Basically, like, what was see? I would say I'm a San Francisco fan after, um, probably three games into the losing streak, I was like out on the Titans. I'm like, I'm watching San Francisco because I, I mean, there, so much fun to watch.
0: Yeah. There's not an, I will say, I will totally agree with you on this. And as a Packers fan who has been, had his heart ripped out of his chest by Kyle Shanahan, literally almost every year, like other than watching them in that game, there's not an offense that I would like take an appointment viewing to watch and sit down and appreciate and enjoy and and like study pre snap <laughs> than, than I do with San Francisco and I mean Baltimore a couple of years ago but that was a little different but like that this Niners team is just like the weaponry the versatility the way they get deployed the way they move them around before the snap like the whole thing is just a it's like a it's like an orchestra and it's unlike anything else and if they just get good quarterback play like nobody will be – I don't know if anybody's going to beat them so um, who, yeah. how about this question who should be who should be MVP because I think Mahomes is going to win it. Should yeah, Mahomes it be should be MVP. Over Hurts or anybody else? Yeah, there's nobody even close. I don't know. Hurts has got a pretty good case.
1: Uh, yeah, let me say this. You put Hurts on Patrick Mahomes' team, you, then we'll talk.
0: I, listen, I think Patrick Mahomes is better. I just, yeah,
1: Hurts doesn't have a case in my mind. Okay, I mean, Hurts Hertz has one of the best offensive lines and has the better pass-catching unit and probably has the better running back as, as well. And had a really easy schedule. Patrick Mahomes had to go through hell over in the AFC. He had two Dennis Dailies on his offensive line. That's hard and to still went crazy without having Tyreek Hill. All he had was Travis Kelsey. And he's getting stuff done with a guy named Justin Watson. You trying to tell me that if that J- Jalen Hurts could do anything that Justin Watson has done? If Jalen I- Hurts wasn't a good runner... He would not be in the conversation because he's... Well, but that's a
0: skill. <laughs>
1: but, I, but but my thing is, is that he's a quarterback. If you want offensive player of the year, give it to Jalen Hurts. If you're a quarterback, you got to be able to throw the ball. And the most valuable person to their team, to their team success is easily... Patrick Mahomes.
0: I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with what your ultimate argument is, which is that Mahomes is. I, like I said at the beginning, I think he's going to win it. The Eagles went zero and two without Hurts. I, I agree, but you don't. You, you don't. It doesn't say why you're about. It's not the running or the throwing is not relevant in this conversation. It's it's irrelevant to to being valuable to your team. It's who's. What I'm saying is he's
1: hiding the fact that he's a horrible quarterback.
0: Wow. Horrible quarterback. Okay. All right.
1: Let, let me tell you yeah. something okay. about, right. about this Jalen hurts thing situation is that what they've done is take advantage. And this is the smart move by the Eagles. Cause they were going to cut him. like they do not like Jalen hurts and Jalen hurts looked horrible last year. And now he's got a great offensive line. He has great weapons all around him. His supporting cast is massive. And now he takes this big leap and everybody's like, well, it's obviously Jalen hurts did everything. No, everything around him went great. And I, I know that Gardner, Gardner Minshew came in, and they lost. But he also looked good in the one game. And I'm telling you, if you had Gardner Minshew the whole year, yeah, maybe they're not 13-3, and three, but they're still probably in the playoffs as a wild card spot. If you take Patrick Mahomes away from the Chiefs, you're dead in the fucking water.
0: I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Mahomes is deserving. And there is no case. So I they, think this let's Holmes just go,
1: both agree <laughs> there is no case for Jalen. no. There is no, there's no credible case
0: for Jalen Hurts. Okay, I, I don't I mean that's fine. I, I I think it's uh I think I think Mahomes is going to win. He also is coaching and you know he's got probably the best offensive mind on the planet running his offense. So that's that's there too. Just don't don't discount the the Andy Reid factor on this as well. But I think you're right. I think Mahomes is going to win it. So, um, all right, let's get into some some Georgia stuff. I know you're complaining about chicken wings. Is that is that what was that what was happening? Well, not, I don't the-
1: care about. I'm not. I, I was going to talk it, but you you you're misconstruing my words here. I think it's hilarious and awesome (laughs) that UGA dominated TCU so bad that the starters got hungry, and they were like, well, I'm just going to go fucking over here and eat because we're not going back into the game. I think that is awesome. They're eating chicken wings. I think they had some sandwiches. Good for them.
0: Curtain calls the entire fourth quarter. It is
1: great. It's it's awesome. It was magnificent. (laughs) However, however, Hmm. this idea that – essentially that they had been underestimated all year and that people predicted they were going to go six and six or, you know, seven and five or whatever. And all this stuff, like they were, they were this like lost cause that people thought they were a lost cause. (laughs) Fuck you. That is ridiculous. Asinine shit. And for it to come from the head coach and to come from the players, is
0: just horse (laughs) shit. uh i would say so personally i agree with you however it worked because they went 15 and 0 and and they defended their that was their
1: motivate that's false motivation and i think what it was i don't think it was even motivation i don't think that was a motivating factor this is them trying to pump their chest after the game and try to act like they were it was them against
0: the world i i that's that's the rat poison man like that's what their job is when you when it's 18 to 22 year old kids it's about motivation and uh, he yeah, started
1: they were motivated that way i think that they're they came up with this after the fact out of their ass
0: oh no 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 no, no. kirby smart said it on his very first sentence at sec media days in atlanta he said this is a new team and we are going hunting Then they were picked third, third in the nation. They were the number three preseason team. And I think on this show, I said, Georgia is underrated. They're actually underrated. But again, being third in the nation, how can you actually be underrated? 29 and one over two years, unprecedented. It's never been done before. And if I'm a Georgia fan or a fan of any football team, I don't give a shit how they get motivated. I don't care what garbage you have to spew at the players to get them to to find their next level. I don't care how it's done. If it's some fabricated BS, I don't care. If it gets me to fifteen and zero, and I get a second ring out of the deal, I I don't care. Kirby Smart said every every possible sentence he said this year was right then, because they've done something that they've that no other team in college football history has ever done, which is twenty nine and one in two years, and they're back to back champs. And uh, Stony says he heard some idiot made a beer bet that Georgia would lose twice this season.
1: That was me. I made the beer so, bet. I
0: don't think I don't think this person was an idiot, Stony. He just happened to be wrong this time, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, Georgia's significantly better than everybody else. Do you? I have Alabama at number two in my final poll, just like Saban. Do you think that's? Do you think I'm like? Does anybody care about postseason polls? Like, does anybody care?
1: No, but you, you're going to make us talk about SEC rankings. So what's the difference?
0: No, that's preseason polls. Uh, I, I want to talk preseason. I want to talk. I want to talk early season what, rankings. What you're for saying next is, year. is
1: like, oh, I forgot that college football does a stupid thing where it's like, oh, here's the end of the year rankings. Like, who gives yeah, a the, it's a
0: postseason AP poll. And people are like, I did two radio interviews today that were like, hey, do you have a problem with Nick Saban ranking Alabama too? And I said, if you're a fan who gives a shit about a postseason AP poll, I can't help you. I got nothing. Now, I think it's interesting to discuss if you want to have a real discussion about who do you think was the better football team this year. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, TCU, or Tennessee, those five, I think you can make a case for all five of them to be better than the other four. And I think that's an interesting kind of Except fun TCU, conversation. They suck. Except for who?
1: TCU. You get yeah. blown, you get your ass blown out by Georgia like that. You, you're not a, and I'm not, they, they okay. You, what you said was you can make a case that all, all five of them, you can make a case that one of them is better than all four. Well, TCU is not better than
0: Alabama. I I agree with you. I've got Bama yeah. too. I, so I there agree
1: is so much like your Jalen Hursting, There is no case for TCU to be better than Alabama.
0: But they just beat Michigan. So and Michigan only has one loss. Michigan destroyed Ohio State. Ohio State almost beat Georgia. When you get Tennessee your butt out
1: like that, you're 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 a disgrace. <laughs> and you, TCU could be ahead of Michigan, and that's about it
0: wait stoney says that it was him
1: <laughs> it was well, i think we one. i think
0: i agreed with him okay okay um uh, a key part of college coaching is ticketing is is taking your teams into i think that's supposed to be tricking tricking Tim. come on that auburn education at work yeah a key it's part no. of college coaching is tricking your team into thinking no one respects them i i tend to agree with that uh, i just as a nerd who loves college football uh i just think it's you, tennessee beats alabama Tennessee gets beat by Georgia. Georgia barely beats Ohio state who gets their ass kicked by Michigan, who Michigan loses to TCU. Like it it just, it's a round and round and round. And I think all five of them are pretty even. I would have TCU and Tennessee at the bottom of those of that list. I would have Alabama at two. That's what I would. I think Alabama was the second best team in college football. And people are telling me I'm crazy for that. And I,
1: no, I, just, I think Alabama at two is all right. Uh, yeah. If you're not first, you're last. So who gives a shit about that?
0: That's it. So now let's look. Uh, pharmacy, of course, and Kingston Group are two, two great, wonderful, and amazing sponsors. Locally owned and operated in Nashville for almost, over a decade, I think, for both of them. Uh, 2011 for the for the pharmacy, of course. Um, go get yourself a burger. None of this dry January nonsense. Go get yourself a big old stein of beer and a burger. You don't have to go every single meal. You know, like you can still keep your diet and work out, and then also enjoy a burger. It's called moderation. Um, I, my my preseason rankings, though. I want I want to. There, there's a couple of interesting things, though. Way too early, never too early. Top twenty fives that are out all over the place. Right. Number one is Georgia. It's not close. They're number one. I have Alabama at number two in the sec number four in the nation i've got lsu at five in the nation and three in the sec and i think there is going to be a very healthy debate all off season long about bama versus lsu so let me
1: ask you a question do you believe in Jaden daniels that much
0: um the game is in tuscaloosa also yeah I but have I have Alabama do you believe ahead.
1: in Jaden Daniels as as that they are the third best team in the SEC with Jaden Daniels as their quarterback.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't honest, and this not to disrespect you, Tennessee fans. I don't think there's another option. Gotcha. I think those those that's three are ahead. I think those three are ahead of everybody else. LSU is gonna be really good. <laughs> They're gonna be really good. Um the the problem is the games in Tuscaloosa. I think that's the that's why I like Alabama, just to win that game. Jalen Milro versus Ty Simpson are the two quarterbacks that are gonna battle to replace Bryce Young, which should be interesting to watch. They actually could be better at wide receiver and running back and offensive line this year.
1: I don't know about running back, but at least at wide receiver, they'll have another year under everybody's belt. And then yeah. you got that uh, you got some people, you know, that are coming in as well. So yeah, yeah. The defense, offensive
0: line should be better too. Offensive line should be better. So the two big issues with this team, which were offensive line and receiving core. Both could be better this year. Uh, and then if, and then the defense has got a bunch of studs. They're replacing some safeties, and they got to replace Will Anderson, but they've got Dallas Turner and a whole lot of studs on there. Uh, they get Tennessee and LSU both at home this year instead of on the road, which were their two losses last year. I think Bama's clearly number two. I think LSU, though, is clearly number three. The issue is going to be Tennessee is going to take a big dip, I think. like uh, They're not a preseason top 10 team. I, I would have them at four in the SEC, but I would have them down at like 15, 16, 17, 18 in the country. I just don't think you can take that level of elite talent away from every major position, your best offensive lineman, your star quarterback, your best two receivers, your best pass rusher. I think it's hard to take that level of talent away from a team that has not yet recruited layers of five stars to, and, and expect them to still be as good. Um, yeah, what, what's, I agree. What's fascinating, though, is KJ Jefferson back at Arkansas, Spencer Rattler back at South Carolina, Will Rogers back at Mississippi State, Jackson Dart and, and uh, Shunquad Jen- Junkins, uh, Quinshot Junkins, I can't get his name right, At Ole Miss are back. Um, Texas A&M hired Petrino is going to be better. Auburn's got Hugh Freeze. They're going to be better. I mean, it's it's going to be re- – Kentucky went and got Devin Leary and a better coordinator. It is going to be fascinating after the top three in the SEC. So. Yeah,
1: it, it it's going to be a little bit closer than probably what it was last year where there's more teams in that middle because we talked about that last year. The middle was going crazy. Um, I just yeah, I'm with you, you know, Tennessee may you know, they may you know come crashing back down, but I don't know, man, they just they just keep looking good, even regardless of all these losses and stuff. It's would, one would of it, like it's kind of like every year you are expecting Tom Brady to suck and the Patriots to suck, and oh, they can't possibly be better. I kind of feel like maybe we're in that zone with the University of Tennessee.
0: Would eight and four in your mind be a crash? You think? Like, would you define that as a crash? Yeah, I would. I think
1: that would be a crash, especially among UT fans. They would
0: absolutely hate going eight to four.
1: I mean, they would not be, um, they would not in their mind be able to rationalize that.
0: I, I don't see how they beat Alabama on the road, and I don't see them beating Georgia at home. So that's two right there. All it takes is one more slip up, and you're nine and three. Two slip ups, and you're eight and four. I still think that's a solid year. I don't think that's a quote unquote crash. But I think, I think Tennessee fans expecting to stay in the top ten in the preseason should should probably take a step back. That's all. I, yeah, I think you're they're probably right. I think they're solid. I don't think they're nearly as elite as Hendon freaking Hooker made them. <laughs> like you can't you can't yell at me and say that Hendon is like the greatest player in all of college football, and then just take him away and be like, yeah, we're just as good. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't it's one of the it's one or the other. Uh, all right. Pharmacy, Kingston Group, build notifications. Turn on those notifications for the F words pod Twitter account yep. at F words pod. Make sure you turn that on. Uh, and Tim says this. Honestly, I don't think any SEC team SEC team beyond the top three should expect better than nine and three. And I think you're exactly right, Tim. I yeah, think you're exactly right. Uh, So uh should be a great offseason for the Titans and, and the SEC. We got the playoffs coming up we got coaching searches and GM searches, and so we'll keep you up to date right here on 440 Sports, F-Words Pod. Uh, Of course, you got everything over at Broadway Sports Media, so make sure you check out all that great stuff as well. Kingston Group, BuildKG.com, and The Pharmacy in East Nashville. We love you guys. Thanks for supporting us. Thank you guys for listening and hanging out. Zach, enjoy the weekend. I know you're not very excited about it, but enjoy the weekend of of, of interviewing and and awesome NFL football games.
1: I mean, I'll watch it.
0: so, so, So there you go. Uh, For Zach, I'm Braden. Thanks for listening. This has been a football show.